I refuse to say soccer on this podcast. I, I will not do it. You're you're all welcome. Hello and welcome to the Foxes Never Quit podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about Leicester City Football Club. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podcaster, Samsung Podcasts, Deezer and GeoSarvan. Not sure what GeoSarvan is, but we are on it. And of course, you can find all of our things at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc and reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc women. Hello and welcome to the October review, November preview of Foxes Never Quit Talking. Uh, we're recording this on 30th of October 2023, um, and we are going to be just looking at everything that's happened to Leicester City Football Club in October and having a bit of a guess as to what might happen in November. I am joined here today by Madlock. Hello. Uh, hello. It's, it's good to be back. Sorry, I missed it last month. It's good to be back. I always, always enjoy doing this. We understand, you know, two small children be like that. Let's be honest. A little bit, kids, a wow. lot of birthday. It's birthday season and yeah, it's a uh, yeah. lot, lot, lot of stuff. Um, although, thankfully, uh, Tyler was able to fill in for you, and Tyler returns again. Hello, how are you doing? I have nothing to complain about. This has been fantastic, which I will then proceed to do a lot of complaining. But, you know, hey, that's that's how this works. Podcast, that's the whole point of this. But it's yeah. it's been really now, good so far. It's been really good. I'm very happy to be back. So we, cause we made some predictions last month, didn't we, over how, how we think we do. And I can't actually remember what they are right now. I said 13, and they got 15. Yeah. Yeah, so we've exceeded our predictions. And I think I said, uh, did I say seven points for the women, which turned out to be right? I think I said we'd win two games and steal a draw off one of the Manchester teams, which is more or less what happened. (laughs) I can't remember what your prediction was either. I think we both had... um, We both had... The same? Yeah. I think we both... Yeah, we Mm -hmm. both said the same thing. And whatever Madlock's predictions are sadly... Or maybe fortunately not recorded, depending on how accurate they are, right? I am. Um, I, I to be honest, I wasn't. I've not been overly optimistic. Um, I thought there'd be at least one banana peel. Um, obviously, if we get into like worst performances, there's definitely one one game. I thought we were uh, yeah. maybe two games where I thought maybe we got a little bit, you know, uh, rubber the green. But yeah, yeah. I mean that. I think so. If we talk about our overall impressions for the month, like yeah, the, the both teams I think have been playing better than we expected them to after pre-season or certainly the results have been that way we have been doing that thing where we kind of even in games where we've not played particularly well certainly for the men we've we've got wins anyway and that is a really important thing so you won't play your best every game no i think um enzo put it quite uh quite dryly as uh is not is this isn't fifa uh as in the game which is now ea club or whatever it is e- efc fc or whatever yep Oh, the FIFA name will be back on a video game franchise, but it, um, it'll be different. Anyway, I won't go with talking shop about video games. That's my day job. <laughs> yeah, we don't <laughs> do enough of that. that. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, dealing with city skylines and trying to make that work on my beast of a machine. I, know I can't believe I'm going to upgrade it for effectively a Sim City on crack. But oh, I, I'm back <laughs> playing Timberborn. Highly recommend. Although you do need a bit of a beast of a machine for that as well. Do you? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, just pathfinding murders it. Anyway, 
Um, back, back on topic. How long did that take us to wander off topic? That's got to be a new record for how long we've gone off topic. And speaking of new records, mm. uh, no team has ever started the championship as well as we have. I am incredibly impressed with your segue. I am. Thank you. <laughs> but no, absolutely. It's it. I if you told me this last season, I would have laughed. I was. For us to not only you know break records, but to to, to drop down to get relegation, a lot of teams tend to suffer with licking their own wounds and yeah. absorbing the shock. And if you're looking at other clubs like Southampton, I mean Leeds, Leeds were at some point you know towards the bottom of the championship. Obviously, they've since risen back to third, but even then they are quite a distance behind us. I mean, we could comfortably lose the next five games and still probably be in an automatic promotion point. I pray that's not the case, but it's an incredibly comfortable lead after 14 matches and what is, I think, a 48-game um, league. 46, I, right. I think. 46, yeah. sorry, yeah, can't do math. So it's 46-game uh, league and, you know, yeah, we're 14 point, yeah, games in and we're almost, we're almost past the points we earned in the Premier League last season. What do we earn last season? Thirty-four. So we actually surpassed yeah. it by five <laughs> points. So yeah, life life's all right. I and I think just on the long term thing. So obviously we've done it. We've really got an identity really quickly. Enzo's really established that he's gotten them base at the camera. And obviously we've, we've the results have shown that. And then we've got a year of basically being able to galvanize his team against a less vicious competition. Because let's be frank, if yeah. we were doing this in the Premier League, which I've, you know, even though I'm having fun now, I'd still prefer if we were obviously back where we belong, which mm. is, may sound arrogant, but given the results, I feel this feels fair so far. Um, <laughs> that we'd be probably fighting to, in the bottom half of the table in the Premier League right now, and it would be difficult. And it's it's hard to embed things if you're losing because this is a result business, and when the results are good, it's fantastic. But yeah, when you're trying to change things and bring in new players and it's all against you know very tough competition and it's different but yeah anyway so it's not the situation so we're in the championship we're flying mm-hmm. and yeah it's i'm i'm enjoying it it's it's a it's a season where i get to finally relax a little bit yeah i would say I, last time i remember watching the team get relegated to the championship i kind of had this feeling of well at least i'll get to watch the team win a bunch next season and within a couple of seasons we'd gone down to league one <laughs> or something, you know. It it wasn't the championship season I was hoping for. Let's put it that way. We we no. do look like we're going to be bouncing straight back up. Certainly, probably as champions, probably setting records. Can we break the hundred point mark? Probably, if we carry on our current pace. Yes. If we carry on our current pace, I've read something where we could be technically promoted by January, way. which would be. If we did that, it would genuinely be insane. We could just cruise out the rest of the year. But if you're promoted, um, if you're promoted probably, by January, I'd rather, if that's go, possible, go. you could be promoted before the transfer window ends. <laughs> you can, you that would quite, be, yeah, start getting if ready that was, for the that Premier League. League yeah. You could quite literally make transfers <laughs> knowing you have Premier League money that following season. Like, just prepare for that. be a really interesting situation, actually. I'm trying to think if it is possible to be guaranteed promotion by January. I don't I think here's, uh, here's, here's to, the different one. Because surely you can't guarantee it earlier than halfway Definitely. through the season. You surely. Be able to. It just feels mathematically impossible. One. If we lost every mm. game the rest of the season, I think we already have enough points to survive comfortably. Yeah, this, we're, we're, I think 13, yeah, 40 points is usually safety in the top two divisions. 
So if we, once we get over the 40 mark, we can probably call that safety day, which feels a bit Even like... Even with more games? I'm not sure. It's like uh, the extra game two teams got relegated on 44. Counterbalance the fact the bottom three is so bad this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, possibly, yeah. The thing's happening. I Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, they're openly fighting with their owner who is openly fighting back. It's... Yeah, they are. It's a very. I, I've only kind of skimmed it. There's, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday are not in a happy place, and QPR, you know, well, again, jumping ahead of ourselves, definitely pulled off the best performance this season, and they decided to do it against the runaway <laughs> champions. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's the game I would have necessarily turned up for for the you know with the was I can't forget what the manager said is it Ainsworth he said it'll play with no fear I mean like if someone there's a cynical part of me that feels like he knew he was going to get the sack if they didn't win or get at least grind some sort of draw result um which is what they were clearly set up for you know they were they wouldn't they wouldn't get drawn into any pressure which has been a common theme this season and we talk about uh you know I think we mentioned a little bit before we officially started recording that with second half FC, but this is exactly what Enzo wants. And he goes, it's a patient game. We're going to build up. We're going to wear them out. We're going to let them go towards us. Mm. And we've had some really tough ones. I mean, Southampton came out the gates against us. Sunderland came out the gates against us. Um, even yeah. Blackburn Rovers really gave us the runaround. We, we showed our worth, but I mean, you know, I think bar a bit of clinical finishing, you know, that could have been very different results, those games. But um, we were fortunate, obviously, that the championship level, they're maybe not as clinical as Yeah, I, I think it definitely does bear saying that, that we have have been a bit fortunate with the, the fact that, you know, if we get bit, played the way we have against Premier League opposition, they'd have put away more chances than some of the teams we've played have. At the same time, we've been putting away our chances when we've needed to. Um, it yeah. hasn't been the easy run that the form table makes it. Yeah, look and like we haven't it's really been. had a ton of um, embarrassing misses at all, at much at many points this season. It hasn't really been the way where it looks like terribly misses. Mm. The only ones I can really think of is that Cassidy had a bit of an open goal that oh, he yeah. kind of booted over the. He got he got uh, very he had uh, he was very unlucky only... against Sunderland in front of goal because he had a fantastic performance otherwise. I think, yeah. yeah, with Cassidy, I know some people will get a bit frustrated with him, but obviously this is his first real run at senior football. Um, mm. And yeah, I think... And he's not really getting regular game time, is he? You know, so he will... It will be challenging for him, but this is why he's here to kind of prove his worth. He's yeah, on loan, isn't he, from Chelsea? So he'll be wanting to prove his worth, but there's a lot of competition in that midfield at the minute, at least at this level. So um, hopefully... He can make something of it. He, he gets into good positions, and he has some. He had some amazing moments. He was just putting them away. And if he's in the right positions, then it's he can always work on getting and you know putting those re- results away. But luckily, we've not been dependent on someone running down the middle and doing what he was doing. But he he clearly knows the game. He just like I said, it's a little bit of clinical finishing and that that. I mean, he's only what he's only a teenager. He's still he? gaining Trying strength as well. Yeah, his, um, yeah, it was saw earlier in the year he got kind of like pushed around a bit, which you didn't see as much against Sunderland. It really mm. felt like he was able to really hold his own, and um, just his ability to uh, win win ground duels was much stronger than before. So, especially with the fact that we were missing Indeedy for the last two matches, to just have Cassidy come in and seamlessly fill in, I'd argue, considering, especially considering the fact that he wasn't doing that when he came in beforehand. It's nice to see. I mean, we've, yeah, and also, but and also, Indidia has been, he's been a revelation this season. If you had said to me, even when we were, at, you know, doing regular European football, just won the FA Cup, and you said to me, oh, I can make Indidia 
like Ronaldinho, I I would have laughed. I would have kept laughing. I would have been laugh. I would have still been laughing to the up until this season where I saw it for realities because it's bizarre. But he he's he, he's really set the bar for that kind of role. And my memory uh, escapes me where he him and um, Vardy came on and scored what thirty seconds or like a minute after coming onto the pitch. Stoke, it was Stoke. He did that against Stoke City. Oh yeah, so he yeah, I, well, it was good fun. Obviously, uh, Vardy was on good form, but yeah. So anyway, so and Diddy's been amazing. He he's come in, and obviously Cassidy's got some big boots to feel in that regard. But yeah, he came in. Um, they substituted um, them at what the 77 minute. They scored in the 79th as a duo. Uh, it was brilliant, just brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, and then Ian Archer's gotten into a stride. Interestingly, though, we've not seen too much of um, Pats and Dacker. It's funny, I only thinking about that because you were talking about physicality, and I always felt that Pats and Daka can do really well, but he is just not the physicality. And even the championship is even more physical than the Premier League, arguably. There's mm. a lot more reliance on big, no nonsense centre backs and just a little bit, you know, more aggressiveness. I mean, how uh, during the during the Sunderland game, which was definitely one of the more precarious performances of the of, of the last month, um, how I mean, there was definitely a couple. Pa- I mean, the officiating of that game was just shocking. Um, I'll be quite honest. The officiating of that game, um, yeah, I mean, they probably should have had a penalty. What phase yeah. definitely showed his um, his cuteness, as uh, Rogers used to put it. But he, he definitely very um, clever play. From yeah, him. we we definitely got away with one in that oh, yeah. game, didn't we? That would have been like a five-minute VAR decision that would have probably resulted in a in a penalty if they if he didn't oh, yeah. get the ball. Oh, I don't um, so I do feel great. sorry for the Black Cats in that regard. Mm. But also, by the same stretch, one of their centre-backs went full WWE against Vestergaard, which I, I have to commend. I don't know who the... I can't recall who the player was. Uh, you have to be a brave man to go <laughs> and start off against Vestergaard. He is a big fella you know not to state the obvious but he's he's not someone i would um if i was playing i would you know and i had to mark him i don't know if i would uh would have <laughs> gone as argy bargy of him as the, the the sunderland uh defender did i think it was um uh O'Neen or hume but yeah, yeah i think it was yeah. O'Neen. yeah it was O'Neen, i think but it's just it's just absolute silliness but um yeah like i said a little bit of a rubber agreement on these performances um I don't know. It's hard to say which was the worst performance. I felt QPR, obviously Winks's goal, what a That's fucking crazy. goal that was, but it did require a wonder goal to break the deadlock against a 10-man relegation fighting side. Made me feel that there's, there may be a few cracks in the armor for us. I don't know. I, I think that was weird. Yeah, I think it's possible so I, was gonna say, I think it's possible that Sunderland and QPR might be like, sort of teams are kind of, I think, developing a strategy which will give them a decent chance of beating, I think. So I, I, I just think as other teams analyse us and, you know, catch on to what we're doing well, we'll find it harder to win games and we might start to lose games we feel we should have won. Hopefully that won't undo the good feeling we have. I, f- I feel that way with Sunderland. I think the Sunderland performance was a fantastic job by them. I think that they got the game plan right to try and match yeah. up with us. And even then, we still had a couple of really close chances that we could have scored more than we did. Um, with QPR, I just think that a mm-hmm. lot of it was our own errors. I think that we were very sloppy uh, in terms of our uh, retention, retaining possession. Just a lot of unforced uh, giveaways, things that shouldn't have happened. Um, so I really, f- that one was a bit 
odd, but for Sunderland, I felt that they did a fantastic job trying to counter us with their game plan. Yeah. I feel very, um, after watching them play, they're like my favorite to win the playoffs now. I think Sunderland can do that because they, they seem to have it. Uh, they seem to know what's up. So I think, shall we come back to talk more of the specifics about the games? There's one other thing I want to talk about with the overall impression, and that is uh, the women's team have done way better than expected. They've had a great month um, in that they beat Liverpool in the WSL Cup. We had, I think, a very hard-fought win against Everton. That's a very good win. Uh, the 1-1 draw against Man City... Sorry, 1-1 draw against Manchester United. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get cancelled in the city of Manchester for doing that, aren't I? Especially <laughs> <laughs> after last weekend, but yeah, go on. The 1-1 draw against Manchester United. Uh, I thought we played really well. And, mm. you know, we, we. I think we can come away from the Manchester City game feeling like we could have got a point out of that as well. You know, we lie, what, fifth in the league now? After um, a few games, it's fifth in the league. Um, yeah, when yeah. we, this is when we first started, obviously, against Bristol, it was a bit of a, a wild affair. Lots of goals, 4 uh, 2. Um, yep. I was like, oh, God, we still got, we can score now, which I think, I remember under Lydia Bedford, my biggest gripe was just, we are just not scoring. Yes. You know, she she would just sit back and hope to nick to win, but we just didn't have the quality where we could put Natasha Flint. Up top, and of course, I think she was one of the scorers. Um, yeah, one of our ma- one of the mm-hmm. matches against yeah. us. Um, but yeah, you know, just that frustration was clearly there, mm. and we just kind of, um, yeah, I, I was oh, a bit worried. And then, obviously, like you said, um, our, the you know Sophie Howard's performance in the Man City game, which was the most recent one, fantastic fucking performance. You really show whether she's had some good runs with uh, Scotland as well, but. I think she yeah. scored for them as well, if I remember right. She did. But, I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So she she's had a really good run. So we we've got like a defensive. We can score. You know. I think uh, Hannah Kane has been scoring. Lena Peterman is very much the striker we've been looking for. You know. Oh yeah. The, Natasha Flint just seemed to not be. I mean, I know she scored against us. That was it for Liverpool. Which yeah, is, you could just that was written in the stars that she was going to score against. Of course, us. It, it's in the rules. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she wasn't quite the quality of striker we needed. As much as she was very much one of our own, she was. Although, yeah, she she was very good, and I don't think she's beyond World Women's Super League. But I don't know. You know, we we're clearly ambitious. I mean, we you know, Lena Peterman is a former yeah. Champions League player, um, and you know, and Amy Palmer's goals. We now have you know, she's like a, almost how James Madison used to be for us in terms of just that kind of threatening. You know, if we yeah. get a ball, a dead ball outside the box, we now have someone who can capitalize on that. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, right, the wins against Bristol and Everton, you can look at those and say, yeah, all right, but they're teams who are not expected to do well. But the performance we put in against both teams from Manchester, Mm. and also, you know, we got the WSL win over Liverpool, who are in the top half of the table. They're playing really well this season as well. We've we've been going to top half teams and playing well. Um, You know, I I think it's a shame in some ways that there isn't like a UEFA uh, UEFA Europa League. That's yeah. the one I was looking for uh, for the women's game because if there was, we could definitely say, you know what, fourth place is a not a likely thing to achieve, but it's something worth setting our sights for. Because I think you know, I think it's coming. I think it'll be. I think once the um, like women's competitions expand heavily, because a lot of yeah. teams now are making their women's team professional. A lot of the Premier League teams now have professional sides and they're flying up the uh, 
the table and stuff like that. So there's there's definitely a lot of money going into it. So I think give it a few years, we'll start seeing that. And I think obviously the the women's super league would have to expand. I think it's at the minute it's a bit too stratified but we'll, we'll yeah yeah i think it's coming i think it's there um willie kirk has even said we need to play more games which you know the women's uh, kind of suffering it it's yeah. interesting though and without going too off tangent um one of the bigger challenges of expanding it is that women seem to suffer more of acls uh and they're not yeah. entirely sure why but they believe it you know to you know sort of, i don't know to deal with the, um, the menstrual cycle and uh certain weaknesses Obviously, from going through that uh, process and yeah, uh, like that, that, they have to then figure out how we can rotate people. But ACLs are also becoming incredibly prevalent in the men's game as well. So yeah, there's uh, many games. A really long article I read some point last year about that on the Athletic. I say last year, last season, mm. not not last calendar year, about ACLs in the women's game. And there was all sorts of stress there because, like, one thing is, you know, the, the women have slightly different um, construction around the hips. Um, because they they have to fit a birth canal in there, um, which, which I sort of saw that might have something to do with it. I mean, it's not a massive difference. One big thing I think I saw was that a lot of equipment, like particularly your boots, tend to be manufactured targeted at men's feet, and that actually, um, you know, for women to reduce have fewer injuries, they need boots that are designed to suit their feet properly, which current ones don't. It's, I think, a thing of like ongoing study and research and things like that. No, absolutely, um, and and like I said, yeah. But um, yeah, the women's game will expand, and mm. but until then, I think we can definitely have a team that I think there's even some decent rotation. We've got a lot of academy products. I think with like the men's yeah. game, I think we're now two hundred in the two hundred fifty fifty six fifty seven games in a row using an academy product and now in the women's game we've got you know Ava Baker's been playing for England and she's been really promising I think she had a stint out on the uh, at the cup game and was quite impressive um, and yeah, yeah we're hoping to see but, more come through I think Ava Baker's playing for England's uh, age category teams rather than England under 19 yeah sorry yeah. yeah sorry yeah under 19 you're very right because if we had an England international in our team, she'd be starting every match. It's actually a thing on the ACLs as well. They said that it's possible the fewer games is actually causing it because you've got more of a stop-start on your intensity instead of regular playing, yeah. playing more regularly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a physiologist. I'm not a sports scientist. I, I believe all that discussion to those who know what they are talking about. Because no, I don't. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 of course, I can only speculate. Um, the only thing I'll gripe about is, is I think, with the, obviously, we, people talk about the curse of Seagrave going slightly off tangent. Because oh, yeah. a lot of, so like, um, um, Beaver Drive had more, had all grass pitches, and now we've got Mix, which is more common in, mm. uh, just generally in football now. Um, but I, I mean, I play on, typically on 4G pitches, but there's a massive difference between when I play on 4G versus yeah. when I play that. My knees are always... I know they don't give me good feeling after yeah. being on 4G for a long period of time. I always feel it, particularly through my joints, a lot more than when I'm on grass. That kind of, yeah, I just that's my slight gripe moan. But I understand why. I, I prefer that than having to be like hosed down in the garden before being allowed in the house. Uh, so, swings are, roundabouts. Are, are you sure that's something that's actually necessary, or does Marie just enjoy Lord. squirting with a hose pipe in the garden? I think she just genuinely, yeah. I don't think it's a little column A, a little column B on that one. Oh my! <laughs> Congratulations, you found your. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had that a while ago. Don't worry. Oh god. Um, 
Oh, Jesus. This always makes me nervous. At least it wasn't about biscuits this time. But I do have a tin of biscuits next to me at all times now. So, uh, shall we talk about who has been our most impressive player for the past month? I think that I would probably go with mm. Harry Ricks. Um, he's just... he's. It's rare that you see anything necessarily come bad from the ball being at his feet. I haven't really seen him struggle with getting mm. caught in possession... I haven't seen him struggle with, you know, a lack of being willing or able to progress the ball forward. He's always willing to progress the ball forward. Um, he's always finding Dewsbury Hall and finding um, Ndidi, and even passes out to the flanks with whichever wingers we have out there at the time. Uh, typically, it's been Mabadidi and Fatou for the last month. Uh, Winks has just been everywhere, and yep. he scored that la- He scored that crazy goal uh, to to win us uh, to win us the, the match against QPR, but. It's everything before that that's really what I'm looking at here because, I mean, he's had at least one match where his pass completion percentage has been 100% and the rest of them have been not that far off of that. Just incredible from him. And I think that there's a lot of players who you could say, why are they in the championship? You could say that about the entire club, but I won't go there. Yeah. Uh, but for him, you can see the pull that we have to get a player like Harry Winks, not just at this level, because... I think that both him and the club and everyone around us know he wasn't signed to be a championship player. He was signed because we know he can do it at the next level once we're back there, which we will be unless something tragic happens. Yeah, he he was signed to make sure that in the 24-25 season, we can push for Europe again. It's not mince what the club's ambitions likely are, right? Yeah, I think... we definitely were reserved in buying. I mean, we 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 did not use all the money we we made in that window. I suspect there was definitely a uh, concerted effort to um yeah, obviously to save money and to uh, obviously if we get back up, there's going to be a, quite a strong ambition to get back into at least a mid table. I would imagine it would be the target, but we will cross mm-hmm. that bridge when we get there. I think there's a we've got a yeah, long season ahead feeling... of us. I have a feeling that um, a lot of a lot of the money that like the profit that was made in transfers, I feel like a lot of that has gone towards uh, just making sure we can cover wages for this year because of, you know, Mm. because of the team revenue that just doesn't necessarily there's much less in the championship, even if we do have parachute Uh, still got to cover that. And then we can put that back in next year, assuming the expected happen. Yes. Um, Madlo, do, do you agree with Winks as our most impressive player? Do you have another name you'd like to put forward? Mm, it's it's ah, it's, mm. it is tough. Like you know, Winks has played very well. You know, you say, and it's not just that he's had a hundred percent pass completion or close to that. They've all been useful passes as well. It's not pointless, easy pass to a centre back or the goalkeeper to keep that pass percentage up. They've all been like ambitious, not ambitious in technical difficulty but ambitious in getting us forward getting us attacking um you know it's been it's i'm torn between sort of two yeah and it is our keeper and there's a part of me that's obviously feeling a bit goalkeeper union about that yeah yeah. hermanson has been really good so many clean sheets and and vestergaard vestergaard i mean i'm all i am here for that redemption arc he has been a revelation in that role to the point that actually i feel like connor cody might be surplus of requirements i feel like <laughs> connor cody in the qpr game was a bit more of a hindrance than a help i, I assume what phase was being rested um or was he, sus- he suspended 
Ooh. No, because he was on the bench. I can't remember. I think he was rested. He was on the bench, he so he can't have been suspended. Yeah, rested then. So he was clearly like, so he wasn't playing. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Get Connor Cody. And I think he may have been let in there because it may be not as risky mm. of a game to, yeah. to, 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 to trial him into or kind of get him some more minutes in the legs as they were. But yeah, um, FaZe, Vestergaard. But yeah, Vestergaard's been amazing. I mean, he's he's really doing it. He is my only thing. And I'm going to go with Hermanson. Uh, mm-hmm. Because and not just because goalkeeper union, I like Vestergaard. I think he's done really well. His obviously everyone talks about his passing. He's been blocking. He's just been such a unit in the back. But he has gone so many cards. I think he's already served a suspension. He's on track to get his yeah, second. and that's gonna be, if he gets you know, quite quickly. Yeah, if he yeah. gets, I think he's Jeez. on eight cards at the minute, if I remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but he is getting almost a card every game he plays, which is my own, and he is. I kind of like the aggression. Obviously, he shows that he's got a lot. You know, he got that goal, and he shows a lot of determination. But there's a bit like there's a part of me that tells him pump the brakes, but another part of me that's kind of enjoying it. But luckily, we have the depth to not worry about him going gone for a game or so. But yeah, yeah. But I think the other thing I think with Vestergaard, I hold slightly against him, is that he has been behind some of our scarier moments in terms of getting caught out in the press. He is, I think, at the this is where we have suffered of him in the Premier League, isn't it? He's not. He can't get turned around, which is where I think, yeah, where FaZe compliments him. It reminds me of that kind of Evan Soyuncu partnership yeah. where you've had that kind of when those slow, but yeah, because he's got the positioning and the, the, obviously the height and all that to, to kind of really be a unit. But if he's, yeah, if he's been caught out on the turn, I think he got caught out on the turn against Blackburn Rovers, but FaZe was sprinting back like an absolute. Mm. you know dog and just you know managed to to nail that down so you know having Connor cody next time i would think cody not slow but i wouldn't have you know i would phase is definitely more rapid than either of those two as center back options um yeah and i'd, I'd really i feel really bad for suitor suitor just um yeah just cannot get his way in we, we we've gone from we've kind of gone from uh, the sublime to the ridiculous with, with center backs you know we kind of we're struggling you know making in diddy a center back we put chowdry in the as a centre-back. Now we've got too many centre-backs and we don't even know what to do. But well, didn't we play Hamza Chowdhury at right-back against that's... QPR? He mm-hmm. seems to have... But that actually started under Rodgers. That yeah. did, yeah. Is, did. I think yeah. he played, right he back played there right in... Back. Well, yes, oh. that is another good point. Um, the, yeah. the, the whole thing of, like, well-defined full positions kind of started to become a bit of a joke in the 80s, to be fair, when the Netherlands showed up with their total football. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's only yeah. got... Less and, less well defined since, and his that manager then went on to coach on Barcelona, who had Pep, who then went on to that, oh, and then yeah. so obviously you can see yeah. the, uh, the descendancy. So yes, the connection yeah. is there, isn't it? Oh, that's, to, it's to it's that Johan Cruyff, right? That's it. So it's, that's just a name escape. What me. what what a footballing genius! Who we, we won't talk very much about because he's not a Leicester City man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think a couple of other names worth throwing out for most impressive player, um, Petterman from the women's team she's been um the goal scorer of the women's team really needed and has been in the goals i'm trying to remember i, I was gonna say i'm trying to remember the last game she didn't score in but we didn't get any goals against um manchester city so clearly that one uh, also Janina leipzig uh, in goal for the women's team has been yeah. just so good she's made so many important saves I'm going to talk a bit about her later. No, absolutely. Um, you're talking about most impressive play for the women's side. For me, it's Santini. 
she oh, she's always goodness, been a brilliant yeah. play. She's been a she's always been a good player for us, but she's always played as a fullback, and now she's playing this almost like number eight position, um, and she's doing it well. I mean, I, I, I you know that pass to 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 Peterman to get that goal against Everton. It's against the run of play. I mean, Everton had yeah. just had the penalty. We were really under the hammer. I mean, I think they they had twice the amounts of shots of us. You know, it was definitely one way traffic and just this one moment of brilliance and you know that that's where you find real quality and Santini seems to have moved so she's number she's number three in the back but she's playing as a number eight and I yeah she's been really her and Sophie Howard have been really good I think Peterman just does what she does she's she's a champion you know former Champions League <laughs> striker she's good she's she's I don't think she has to prove much and uh, obviously is quite capable but yeah um mm. but Leipzig I th- she is very good, and she set the bar very high. And I was going to say, mm-hmm. Hermanson, obviously, he's really good. He's he's done some tremendous saves, and he's he has, yeah. playing at the back, and he's almost played as a defender. I mean, at one point, he was further ahead than his entire back line doing so QPR. Funny. The the man has some brass ones. I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, he he's he's a brilliant one to watch. But Leipzig, I actually feel like she's underperforming. Like you, you know, I think you might have mentioned, uh, you know, the the Man City goal. She in the saved. in the build up. I was going to talk about it later. I talked about it before we started recording. <laughs> you did. Apologies, yeah. but you, no. But that Leipzig, I feel like she's underperforming actually, which is saying something, which shows there's levels for for this Leicester women's team to to really yeah. go through. So to say that we're in fifth. And I think some of our players are underperforming. Is 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 kind of a good gripe. Yeah, if that makes sense. So to, to so to go through our nominees, I think out of the various players mentioned, I I don't pick Winks out of the lot as our most impressive player. Winks has been. He is he he is he is such a ticking clock, isn't he? In that in yeah. that midfield. So yeah, I just want to say um, impressive player. Eternally, Kieran Dewsbury Hall is just amazing and fantastic, and I see no issues with him ever. Yeah, he's 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 going to have the sort of career where we build a statue of him outside the stadium. I feel. He, he, yeah, I think he's. I feel like he is like he's kind of like Telemans, but more consistent in some ways. And he's very much a Leicester boy as well. I think he's, it helps. He's got that boyhood connection to the club, which will forever endear endear him to us, even if he has a career uh, elsewhere. You can see as and well. with, with Telemans. Who's who? Wait, who is this? Sorry, Winks. No, no, Dewsbury Hall. Obviously, oh, Dewsbury Hall, yeah, the ship shed dynamo. I mean, he's been. Obviously, Wings. I mean, he started us. He's a. He was born in Welling Garden City and then played for Spurs. He's very much North London. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you he, know, yeah, Winks is. Yeah, no, he was born at the same hospital my my missus was, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, she's very much North London, as is, is famously very. But um, more to the point, um, yeah, she, she, yeah, the ship shed dynamo. He he's definitely been a brilliant player. I I feel like he he's just been. He's been a, a fantastic, and I think he's here to stay. I think he, I don't think he'll move on. I think unless he become, unless he becomes an England international and people start talking stupid money like Man United, Man City money, whatever mm. it is, it's too good to turn down. I just don't see him leaving us. He, it's funny. A lot of people used, you know, used to compare Madison to to Graylish when we were having that big debate when Villa had Graylish and all this. Yeah, I feel like. Dewsbury Hall is more like Graylish. Possibly, yeah. He does. I know he does. You know, Graylish tends to float out more to the left on the wing, but he, the, he's. I think he's created what 
11 chances or something. Is it fair to say to use rehaul dives yes. less? Or oh, he, yeah. He goes to ground he's, less easily. Not, let's let's not, not his slander. Natural, his natural no. position is less attacking than Grealish, anyways. Yeah. And his natural response to a physical challenge is to try and stay on his feet and overcome it rather than to go to ground to try and take the get the free kick. He's not. Um, he's definitely not as cute as Grealish. But I was thinking he's got that. He's quite strong. Yeah. He's got the left leg if he or, wants. Yeah. So his, his Greg, football's not as cute. His face is another matter. <sighs> I feel that one thing. One of the things <laughs> oh, yeah. with uh, <laughs> Dude's rehaul is I feel at this point that you notice how this year we don't have like an official captain, even though even though Vardy's yeah. worn the armband a lot, Ricardo's worn the armband at times. I think that the reason for that, I think that the reason for that is because I like, believe that next year, when the when we likely name it a full time official captain, I think it will be uh, Kiki. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if he's quite old enough or long in the tooth enough yet. I feel like it'd be Connor Cody. Connor Cody, obviously, he's not been playing, but he... yeah, Cody has to play regularly in the team. I think and to that, be captain. It'll be. I mean, Dewsbury yeah, yeah, Hall has yeah. captain be, material to him, no doubt. Uh, we'll be heading into his fourth season with uh, with the first team next year. I feel be I think he's twenty five. Will be twenty six. I think that he's at. A, I think he's at a point. Tealman's and Tealman's and Madison yeah, I think, last year at that age. I think that he can do it. Yeah, I think you know we 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 forget that Dewsbury Hall is he's already he is already twenty five. I think he's old enough to be captain. I think last year it kind of made sense. He was in his debut season. This year, I, I mean, maybe he's still seen as a bit too new to the first team although he's been obviously in the club since you know his academy days i i think oh, yeah. next year he'll oh, be the ready for the armband and the championship player uh, yeah, yeah. yeah i i don't know it'll be interesting to see next season obviously we have to see who comes in it's just we've also got a lot I've, again we've kind of gone back to that nice blend of experience and and youth we've got a lot of promising youth um like you know mcateer um, who might be going to oh, the yeah. irish team which yeah. is interesting um well, We've but, we've got plans to talk about most promising player in a bit. So shall we? Uh, of course. Yeah. Say so, so, that discussion till then. Um, yeah. So <laughs> trying try to keep us to following some sort of the script, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> football never follows the script. You know that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't Leicester fans know that because <laughs> yeah. we kind of decided the most impressive player was Harry Winks and immediately went <laughs> to talk about how good Hughesbury Hall was. Should we fair? Yeah, he should be in that discussion. I think it's kind of one of those things of we know it. I, um, yeah, I, I think just to be fair with the Winks, though, there might be a little bit of recency bias, but also Dewsbury Hall is just a bit of a. I think he's one of those ones where he just keeps it ticking over and he just, yeah. he's such a runner, isn't he? But Winks does have that magic where I think Winks is definitely more creative than Dewsbury Hall. Dewsbury yeah. Hall's a workhorse. Dewsbury Hall will, he, you can see he would die for this fucking club. He would, yeah, he, he, would he would run through concrete walls uh, and everything just to, to get us to the other side where Winks is. A little more calibrated, mm. <laughs> and he, yeah, he has the experience of that, doesn't he? Yeah. Anyway, should we move on? What was our, of course, best team performance of the past uh, past month? Um, on our sheet, we've got a couple of nominations: the men's performance versus Swansea is is one of them. Mm, I, the men's one is a bit difficult for me. The women's is the Man United one. I, f- I feel that's an oh, easy, one hundred percent, yeah, easy one. I did, that was that was the performance and a half really um, more than I expected. Willie Kirk really got the substitutions right. Yeah, I, I mean we still conceded that one goal, but it was late. You know, it seven was seven minutes after the first goal, but it's against a very strong side. 
Yeah, it was a game I went into not expecting to win. Mm. Um, yeah, the first half we weren't as good. Uh, I kind of felt that Man United had the measure of of our press. Like we'd go and impress them, and they passed us, passed it around us fairly easily. But it was which... a very well marshaled defence, wasn't it? Again, Sophie Howard yeah. really showed her prowess in the back line. I think. Yeah. Um, I did observe that our plan to deal with Nikita Paris was Fowler. All t- like so many of our players got yellow cards for fouls on Nikita Paris. Yeah, and <laughs> you know what? Nikita Paris is a very good player. I think if you if you try and play play her fair, she'll win. Um, so it's kind of one of those it's it's dirty tricks, but you do what you have to do at this level. Yeah, I mean she's an incredibly um, impressive player. It, you know, so, it, yeah. Especially as the underdog team, you do what you have to do, and that was foul the hell out of Nikita Paris. Um, yeah. and obviously enters a score one against obviously uh, the England number one. Obviously, yeah, never, never a, a small feat, and uh, that was by Whalen. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, club yeah. captain. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant so, stuff. Um, we had some really young players as well. We had a Brian and Goodwin, really young, who who went up against quite a seasoned. Man, you know, so, yeah. And right, here's the thing about it, right? We you know, it was a one all draw. Mm. I kind of felt in the last twenty minutes, thirty minutes of the game, if anyone was going to score a winner, it would be us. Because, you know, we we I, you know, Willie Kirk, one thing he did a lot was work on the players' fitness. Mm. And if you look at it last season, definitely you could see that we were getting outdone on fitness by other teams. This time around, and I know that Man United had played midweek in Paris, I think, right? when we played them so you know they, they have an excuse for being a little a little bit tired but we played them and we looked you know in the towards the end of the game we were the ones who had more go about us looked fitter and that yeah that's why i thought hey if, if there had been a winning goal in that game it probably yeah. would have been ours but and- just to counter that though man man united could call upon the likes of like ella toon as a substitute, so I, uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah, that but we've got but, Sophie Howard. We do have Sophie Howard. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Jutta Rantala. She's I don't mm-hmm. know if I pronounce it. She's been she's been a revelation. I was actually surprised she didn't play in that game, but she clearly came on to start creating chances, and I thought she was um, really good. Um, she yeah, she was she's been a, she had an amazing performance um, in a couple of games. I was just trying to think which game off the top of my head where she was like almost instrumental but i want to say it was the everton game mm. oh, i might be entirely wrong here but yeah she's been, i've yeah i think it was the the, the everton game uh Rantala, she was a very good player she looks very promising she's not playing every single game but the game she's playing she's doing very very well yeah and also we wanted to talk someone to nominate the men's performance against swansea i can't remember which one of the two of you it was <laughs> but who'd like to talk about that why they think um, it was the best performance it was I, I think that it was that one. Uh, the first three performances of the month were all pretty, like, 8 out of 10. Good, not great. I, I'm i still waiting, if I'm being honest. I'm still waiting for that one match where we just come out and we clearly smash, we, we just smash someone and we destroy them off the bat. Because, I don't know if anyone's noticed this year, but we only have one match all season where we're leading by two or more goals at halftime. And that was Southampton and that third goal came in extra time or stoppage time. So I'm still waiting for us to actually like totally like take over in the first half and like, and and like show completely how far superior we are to everyone, 
Which of course is weird because there's other teams who do not have as many points as us who have gone out and battered teams in the first half. But I think that when it comes to Swansea, when it comes to especially Preston uh, as well, because even though we got the goals late, once we scored, we o- we, ha- we forced them to open up and then we just put two more past them. And Stoke, we got one earlier, but think- it was better. I think that Swansea and Preston are the best performances we've had. I probably, now that I'm thinking about it more, I probably actually edge towards Preston because they were doing really well at the time. And even though they're not doing as well now, they sat really deep and they frustrated us for a bit. And we were able to break them down and that was good. Yeah, I I don't know. For me, so we talked about, obviously, the keeper. I think a lot of the first games, I mean, you talk about we haven't scored a lot, but we are, we've beaten, well, in the, in the games in this past month, I think we've won by a goal margin of at least two in all but one game. Mm. Sorry, no, are... two games. Sorry, the last two games we've won by goal margin one. The rest of them have been at least two, two, three of them were, th- uh, you know, two of them were three goals. Mm. You know, yes. difference. That's huge. That's all late. I mean, we're still still single digits but... in in goal in goals conceded. Yeah. I I don't think I don't we... know. I think the patient play is part of it. I think there's going to be a lot of first halves where we're just going to walk, grind them down. But then we are then scoring tons in the last 45 minutes and those late winners and i think enzo's even said that he, he prefers those late winners and i, I kind of like that it keeps it a little bit on edge um but in terms of game performances i actually think sunderland sunderland showed a very sunderland could have been banana skin it could it could have easily been but i don't even i think that is almost a bit disrespectful yeah, to sunderland sunderland are clearly playing quite well yes they I will be very surprised if they're not in at least the playoffs this year. They have been a very strong side. They didn't respect us. They, like Hull, when we lost to Hull City, just didn't respect us and came out and really gave us a tough time. And it felt like the Hull City game. I thought it was going to go that way, to be honest. It felt like they were going to nick that goal and then they were going to become a very well-marshaled defense and we were going to struggle um, no amount of passing the ball around them. So they wouldn't need to come out at all um, like Hull City did to us. So, yeah, I felt like that actually... It may feel like it was a bit mm, scatty, and there was definitely some, you know, some missed passes and stuff. But yeah, the Sunderland game was a really solid performance and showed how we, you know, that that was a result of a champion. That was grinding it out and like QPR. The only reason I didn't say QPR is I think QPR was, it was just so sloppy. Not to like kind of go back to it, but it was just so sloppy. There were so yeah. many passes. I was like, what? There was I was the first time this season. I said, what are you doing? I was, if we play against that against Leeds, we will not win. Not to jump to the preview, but if we play like we did against QPR, I think Leeds will beat us. So, so just to check, Madlock, your nomination for best team performance was it would be Sunderland. Do you think as a candidate? Yeah, Sunderland or Stoke City. Stoke City felt very clinical, but I think Sunderland. Sunderland was a very as a team. I think it was the toughest team that we played that in the entire month, and they really made us feel it, and we still were able to get that result. So. It was a little bit jammy, but I feel like there was poor officiating lantern on both sides on that one. Fair enough. Yeah, I, yeah. That's the thing. We're looking at like the games. None of them have been as comfortable wins as I'd have liked. Um, but yeah, you I, know, I, I remember feeling with Stoke that I wasn't confident we were going to win it until we got that second goal. Um, Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're getting a little bit spoiled. Maybe, oh, but, I, it, but yeah, is it? I, 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 the only time I've ever been a hundred percent, you know, able to actually relax, muscles not be tense, relaxation was the nine nil <laughs> against Southampton because I ah. just kept going and going and going. I, I was like just 
calling my dad, having a laugh. You know, yep. I've, I've never been felt so relaxed during a game in my fucking life. To be honest, I thought the Southampton game in September was going that way for a minute. I'm like, oh god, not again. Well, at least not for for them. So, <laughs> but, um, week yeah. after that nine nil against Southampton, I went to like a family event, and I've mentioned here before, Southampton is the family team. Oh. <laughs> Yo, uh, being of a mixed team household or family is not a nice mixture. My dad has strong sympathies towards oh, Ipswich. The Boxing Day is going to be real fun. My dad's not a football supporter at all. Fair enough. The, the only the only sport that my dad ever liked enough to watch was snooker, which is why I know snoo- the rules of snooker very well. I, I actually, growing up, when I was growing up in the states, my um, stepdad really liked snooker, so I, uh, we had a snooker table in the basement, and so I became. I weirdly proficient for a while i never really i only kind of did it by myself so i never really uh uh sort of um sort of sharpened my game against anyone but yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm the only one in my family that even cares about this sport Fair <laughs> even though, we, even though i even though it, i come from uh, a very big sports family um i i'm just i watch a lot of sports and we watch a lot of sports but i'm different in watching this one <laughs> Watching in watching, I, I refuse to say soccer on this the word soccer. I, I will not do it. You're, you're all welcome. I do, I do whatever I can. Um, <laughs> I save the usage of soccer for when I talk about the men's um, team. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm one of those people who like the word soccer was invented in Eton in England, so I, I don't really care if people use it. Um, worst team I, performance. Yeah. Shall we bring that up? So we've talked about QPR. Yes. Uh, you, you've talked about that game. Yeah, it's got to be QPR. It just felt sloppy. I think we got a little bit lucky. Um, I think if it wasn't for a, uh, a bit of an angry moment from one, I can't remember the player, but the goal score for QPR. or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But he, um, if it wasn't for a hot-headed moment from himself and uh, Fatalo, uh playing a bit of a... Might have been a little bit cute on that one, but he shouldn't have shoved him. I mean, it was a clear secondary yellow um i'm yeah. actually surprised they give it because they're usually quite i find refs refs this season have been a lot more card heavy but in seasons of past they tend to be very reluctant to give the second yellow but uh it sounded like he got the yellow for the fountain another yellow for that but they're for really that, starting to struggle yeah the, the yeah one, yeah um one thing i didn't see because I, I was only able to watch the highlights um did did fatal also yes, get a yellow did. card for that um yeah. I, would, I would I would assume he did because he he did make that the, first. Play. I was I was confused at the at the time why he was so mad, and then I when I went back and watched, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, that's an yeah. NFL tackle. What happened? <laughs> like that's like wait is that what, is it the way, the way that he was it looked like a seatbelt tackle to me? Is no, that, no, is that legal in the NFL? NFL? You call it seatbelt. We call it a horse collar. You're not allowed to do that here. Even in the NFL, you're not allowed to do that. Oh yeah, horse collar. Like, that's tackle. not. That's yeah, not yeah, even but... legal. In, that's not even legal. In uh, Seatbelt so tackle is like, the rugby that name. Maybe it's the violence of it. You could, if on VAR, you could argue that alone was a red card. I'm not sure. I'd have given a red card for it. It was. It was high. It would have been probably a red card in rugby, <laughs> um, because that's really, really touchy about anything above the shoulder. Um, but yeah, it was a moment. Um, ironically, I think it may have made the game harder for us because. Teams a player down. Excuse me. Teams a player down tend to go and defend harder, right? And at the time, we wanted a winner. I'm not surprised that our goal came from outside the box. Yeah, I mean, probably that was the only way. That, it was the, the only yeah, way we were going to get yeah, past that, them that, was uh, without actually trying to break through the box. We had to do it from some other. It was a, it was a very inspired goal by Winks. Um, he 
it was somewhat reminiscent of obviously VFA Cup goal. Um, oh yes, that kind of maybe not as far out as Telemans, but it was definitely it was that kind of rocket from outside the box, postage mm. stamp, top right corner, absolute Hand rocket. Yeah. Goalkeeper's not expecting goal. a shot from there. I just, uh, even if he is, you're just running across your goal and trying to get that top corner. So it's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. You'd have to be a very gifted keeper to do that. Yeah, it's harder when you're as athletic as I am. <laughs> and on top of all that, it was in front of the away <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, which we always love. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're in general agreement that, that Queen's Park Rangers was probably our worst performance for the men's team. It was sloppy. It was an example that I mentioned of Vestergaard. There was one of those where I think... Uh, uh, Herman Hermanson had to get Vestergaard out of trouble at some point after yeah. uh, after losing the ball poorly. Uh, I think we also talked about Everton for the women's team possibly being an example of this. Yeah, I mean, I know we lost against Man City and we won against Everton, but Everton, there was just too many periods where we were just getting battered. Um, mm. It wasn't... Um, yeah, it was not our best performance. We were, I think, realistically, we were lucky to kind of come out with results. I mean, if you look at, uh, if you could play, it was a bit of a, a football manager game where I think Everton had, yeah, the Everton had 11 shots, five of which were on target, and we had three on target. Um, with, you know, if we had a few more shots, but our, our clinicalness was not there really, and numbers eventually got us through, and it was one very good goal at the 69th minute, but, um, you know, they had, you know, Everton a bit of pass accuracies um we were toe-to-toe for passing and possession but it just felt like everton definitely went through some spurts of really good play and then obviously they had the penalty um and it was a massive massive save by a light so yeah, yeah. double save even yes oh she you know you're right it was a now, double save i'm just gonna say now mm-hmm. um i i have just gone and looked up what the expected goals was for the everton match okay and it has um, footystats.org has us at 1.11 XG for us and 1.10 for Everton. Okay, okay. Oh, really? Okay, so yeah, yeah. maybe just enough favour on that one. Okay. No, I think that the match by the looks of it that we really FM'd was probably the Manchester United match where we had 0.8 XG <laughs> versus Manchester United's 2.4. You want to hear, well, that's you definitely want to why that was the better FMing. performance. Um, yeah. You want to hear that in FMing, uh, <laughs> The uh, under twenty ones when they when they beat Tranmere one nil, they they had uh, they had two shots to Tranmere's twenty and they won. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh really? Um, but yeah, that that Everton game, it wasn't our best performance. It's definitely true, and I, we were definitely rescued by like two moments of brilliance, really. But uh, again, it's one of those things that I think has been characterizing both teams is that in those tight scrappy matches uh when moments of brilliance happen uh, or when there's the, the bit of luck goes one way or another it has been going our way and people talk about some things as being oh you're a bit lucky there but football is one of those sports many sports are like this to be fair where you do make your own luck to a degree right mm. like if you are constantly pressed into your own third then a fortunate foul against one of your players relieves pressure and that's about it. But if you're in the opposing third, uh, a fortunate, you know, a bit of a lucky foul against you, or a lucky decision against you for a free kick, gets you an, a really good attacking opportunity. And, you know, you've got to play with that ambition to make that luck happen in your favour. 
and you also defend well to make a bit of what appears to be luck for your opposing team be blunted, right? So I'm kind of saying when we talk about a lucky result, I'm kind of one of those people like there's not as much luck as people give credit for. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I see what you're um, saying. Yeah. So I, I, I want to give the team more credit for like both teams, more credits for like where there's been a bit of a rub of the green. Because it's that thing, like if you're constantly passing the ball around in the opposing team's penalty area, you're not lucky to get a penalty if they do eventually foul you there, right? No, of course, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, if we had to pick one, probably the QPR game, possibly the Everton game for the women. But I think it's much of a lesser standard yeah, to slip by, right? It's, it's still. A good I wouldn't say they were bad performances. No, I think that would be a that would be very incredibly harsh. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a good performance. It was just our least good performance. Yeah, it's, I think it was just very evident that I think one of the things that really stuck out, stood out, stuck out for me was. Um, you know, it's just I think Connor Cody seemed like he was just a bit out of place in that back line at times. Um, he had a bit of some miscommunications with the keeper, and like you said, Vestergaard and Cody seemed to step on each other's toes a bit. But I mean, Connor Cody hasn't played in that back, so it was very much. But we've played with a lot of different back lines, and I think yeah, it was just a little bit of that. I think QPR came in saying we're expected to lose, so fuck it, let's just you know yeah, all you know, go hell for leather for it, and um, they did and. It was, you know, that goal of theirs was dogged determination, and it was just one of those ricochet bounce around the box. I think, you know, yeah. Hermanson still did amazingly well to get foot on it, even if it didn't stop it. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just madness, really. Um, so, but yeah. Speaking of uh, Hermanson, should we go best goalkeeper moments? Oh yes. Um, okay. Oh, that's uh, gonna be hard. We didn't mention this hard, one while we were working this through, but that one long ball that he had to Mavadidi against Preston. I believe it was Preston. That Ooh. I hadn't even so, thought I, mean, I, I didn't even... When I was thinking about it, I was like, was that even this month? Because it was so long ago. And I was like, no, I think that was against Preston. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, well, you know, the reason I wasn't thinking about it was I was thinking in terms of best saves. I wasn't thinking of, like, best moments of playing it out. But you're absolutely right. That's a blind spot on my on my part. I, I, I don't know. Funny enough, part of me wants to say one of the best keepers it was... a. Uh, Fucking Patterson for Sunderland. What a yes! What a game. He, you know, I know he's not a Leicester player, but what a what a performance in goal. I I really sort of like. I, I really think, expected that. Yeah, I so. think I dare say best performance by a goalkeeper in a Leicester City match this year does go to to Patterson, the Sunderland goalkeeper. He made so many really good saves off what I thought was going to be certain goals. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I mean it. Feels a bit rude to choose an opposing player, but, no, but I think I, fair I, enough. honorable mention. Honorable oh, mention, definitely an honorable mention. But like just on the other side, though, Hermansen's goal where um, I can't remember who shot, but like basically it ricocheted through, and he just he caught it just with his body and just stopped it. It was amazing. Yeah, he did some good, good shots. He's, oh, he's he's had a couple good. He saves. hasn't really dropped anything. He does. When he goes for a catch, yeah. I think he's he's made some really good. Oh yeah, when it, when Carry he goes on. for the catch, I've I don't know if I've I've seen him really drop any of those. He's never dropped. So the only fault in his game is that sometimes he seems to just needlessly, almost when he gets a bit too complacent and bored. And I say this as someone who has been foul of this when things are going well. You start kind of start being too clever, 
and you go, I'm going to do this pass. Oh fuck, I've passed it to this guy, and there's only there's three <laughs> three opposing players and one defender and me <laughs> to stop this yeah. because I find we've we've had a few moments where luckily you know what phase is running at mm. belt you know full speed to to stop the attack or push him out wide and he's had some amazing saves from it, but he's like, well, you shouldn't have put yourself in that position in the first place, quite frankly. Um, so, and I've done it. It's it's yeah. yeah, it's easily done. But yeah, that's my only criticism of Hermansen. But he's had so many good saves. He he is the reason our goal difference is so high. Yeah, it's, there's been quite a few where he's like tipped it onto the bar. He made a really good save at some point. I think in the QPR match with his with his right leg. Yeah, and it's impressive. Yeah, that to, it's impressive that he's in uh, that he's he's been able to you know keep all those moments because when you're not tested as much as. At the, with us having the ball so much, mm. he's not getting a ton of shots against him, but he's always on lock to make sure that he's ready for it when it comes. Yeah, yeah. Um, focus is difficult when you're when you if you've been sat in that box for about forty minutes and then suddenly it's all action at your end. It can be. Quite I wonder if being so involved. In, right. he, he I wonder if being so involved in possession impressive. helps him stay in the game and can and make saves easier. I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. I think with him particularly as well is that he um he very, he's very much a carbon copy of Ederson. He is like a Danish Ederson, isn't he? <laughs> um but the other goalkeeper moment that I want to call out as probably I for me across both teams the best goalkeeper moment, United Leipzig versus Everton, penalty save, gets up, saves the follow up. Yeah, to be fair that you was know. yeah. Um cuz that was that, I mean, that was game saving, right? That if, it was, if yeah, that had yeah, gone yeah. in, we'd have been a goal down. We just to be fair, we've shown we can come back from. Um, but we would have been really, you know, it would it would have changed the match so much to go down there. And if all other things being diff- being the same, we would have drawn that game instead of won it. So that's two points right there, um, just for that moment. And she's made some other good saves, but that one was the best one, or those two, you know. No, absolutely, it was a uh, really yeah. She was, to be fair, if we're looking at as as a full club, that was definitely the best moment. It's just such a cracking save, and like you yeah. said, the, the the double save is always difficult to to throw yourself in front of it, stop the goal, and then stop the follow up is a, immensely difficult. And she did it, and like you said, it was such a critical moment to why we won the Everton game, which is I think helped yeah. us keep keep the momentum really and stay uh-huh. towards the top half of the table. And in a video on a YouTube channel, she's she's talking a bit about it. And she's saying, like, by the way, I was like, immediately after that, I was really on everyone to get in position for the corner. Because the very worst thing that can happen after saving a penalty is when you concede from the corner straight after. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows where her head's at. It's always like, right, you know, no, no time. I think that's just the goalkeeper's lot in a, in a sense, isn't it? You've made a great save. It's not over yet. It's not like when you're a striker and you score a great goal oh, and you yeah. can celebrate. Yeah, I've definitely had to yell at a few of them. Um a few of my uh, defenders yeah in the keep past. your head there um, yeah get someone gets my ne- far post immediately <laughs> near post i yeah i've yeah definitely had to yell a lot <laughs> so tyler uh would you do you have any any other moments or do, or do you would you pick the leipzig moment pick I, another I think moment? That, um among everything i would say that just because it's not common at the position and even though it didn't create even though it didn't actually create a goal in that moment it's really the overarching everything he's been doing for us in build-up that long ball against preston really would be my because when i saw that i was just like whoa that's different that's 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 special yeah 
Um, so, the time to annoy the goalkeepers here, which is me mm. and Madlock. Worst goalkeeper moment. I can't remember who the pass was to, but there was one pass in the Sunder- I think it was the Sunderland game, and that was just what I was talking about earlier. It was just overthinking it. He shot it straight at a Sunderland player, and suddenly we were just under pressure. I didn't concede from that point, but it was just an unnecessary, silly mm. moment. Um, and like I said, this is just maturity, I think, with Hermansen, and he can get away with this at the championship level. At Premier League, we would get punished heavily for him doing that. So yeah. just, there's just been a couple of moments where he just he needs to take time. If he's got time on the ball, take the time. Um, you know, Enzo talks about patience and build-up, and, you know, the keeper has to be one of the most patient, especially if you are playing in that way and you are pressing so high up the pitch. So I know that sometimes you kind of get a bit tempted to speed up the game, but, you know... Um, goalkeepers can almost be like conductors in these sort of things where they set the momentum of the game and if you are throwing the team out of whack or you know putting them to the ground that that doesn't matter so that that i can't remember the precise moment but there was a moment where he passed straight to a sunderland player and they got a clear attack and you know had it been a bit more clinical it definitely would have gone in yeah i didn't realize you were an orchestra kid <laughs> i i'm not I, I i i i'm definitely not particularly musical i just okay. um it was just more of a <laughs> yeah yeah I, more of an analogy oh yeah mm-hmm. um, i uh, i i i because I, I had to do music i was actually in the chorus because i uh, okay. yeah, i couldn't get into the orchestra it's, um, it's expensive yeah <laughs> so for for yeah for me there was a moment in the sunderland game actually similar which made me laugh because it wasn't hermanson what he did so much it was, as the commentator mm. um when the the ball got passed to him, he passed it to a centre back, and there's a bit of passing on. The commentator t- says something about how, uh, you know, how Hermanson being really comfortable with the ball at his feet has been really important for our game plan. Mm-hmm. And right as he said that, Hermanson tries a pass out to I think it was Ricardo um, at right back uh, on the right hand side, and just hoofs the ball straight out for a throw in. Right, oh, as yeah. the commentator is saying how good he is with the ball at his feet, I'm like, yeah, it's a commentator's mm-hmm. curse right there. Um, my pick for worst goalkeeper moment is a lot more controversial, and it did cost us a point for the women. Um, Leipzig's goal she conceded against Man City. When I when I saw the result, right, I wasn't able to watch the game live um, because I, I was doing other things. But I think I was at the theatre seeing the play that goes wrong. Very good, strong recommend. But the the goal that was conceded she kind of got hands to it and it went underneath her and it's one of those ones where i felt she should have saved that just uh, yeah it's yeah it was just one of the it's a i know those ones they're, they're horrible yeah. to, to, to concede they, it just you you have when you get hands to it i even hate it when it's like i i touched it and it's like had i just gone that split second further i would have saved that and it those are more irritating than the the, the 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 rockets that fly past you and you're just like I'm oh yeah never gonna, i'm never gonna save that but uh i was it like foster used to say you know in the premier league you've always got to throw yourself towards these things and because otherwise you look like, you look like <laughs> yeah. a dickhead on match the day yeah <laughs> if you just look and watch it pass because what's he doing ball watching and they obviously show it in slow-mo but it's like a, when you're in these things it's these things come you know from these professional players as well, they'll be coming at like 80, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour easy, yeah. you know, and when you're playing amateur level, you're probably talking about 50, 60, and, you know, people think, oh, that's not that fast, but uh, that's only because they possibly watch the F1, you know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. really quick when it's coming at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we won't linger on it. Uh, if you had to pick one, 
Yeah, I think that's the light saying. But I, I kind of don't want to say it because I feel like she's had such a good. You know, she's been brilliant game for being, us. Just that was just one silly moment, like, wasn't it? I, I nominated her. I nominated her for whatever for most impressive player. So <laughs> this is this is offsetting that. Yeah. This one, yeah, absolutely. Um, it technically happened in October, even though it was it was against okay. Blackburn. Um, it was the passing from Mads that caused us to allow that first goal. To allow the goal we allowed against. It's technically wow. in October, so I'll count it. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Um. Shall we talk about then the best goal we've scored this this month? And there's been some good goals this month. There's um, three for me stand out. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, well, it's all goals from like long range outside the box. Where did that come from? Type goal is apparently my favourite because let's start Harry Winks winner yes. against Queens Park Rangers. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean that was just it was a pretty. It's definitely a contender, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Especially given the context of where we were in that game, which is the yeah, oh yeah, especially game. like as the winning goal, even more so, right? Uh, and also, Amy Palmer scored a couple of goals for us. Amy Palmer, uh, that one free kick against Liverpool, very much a contender as well. The very free good. kick against Liverpool, and she yeah. also scored uh, another one against. When did she score her other one? It must have been the Bristol game. The first goal against Bristol. Yeah, but I that, think it was. That was before. That was that was last. Yeah, yeah. yeah she it, scored yeah. our op- she scored our opening goal against Bristol. So she, in fact, scored. Okay, so so that one doesn't count as this month because that was last month. Ah. Uh, oh, oh no, it was technically in October. Oh, it was just like. But it was like we talked about that game in in that in that recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're on top of this, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's technically in October, but yeah, a- Amy Palmer's free kick. She's she scored twice now. They've both been absolute stunning goals. Um, yeah, I, I'm picking one of those two as my goal of the month. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know if you've got other other I goals you'd like to nominate. We've I had some decent ones. One. Um, the second goal against the second goal against yeah, Stoke was a fantastic team goal. Mm. Oh yeah, that it one. It was a fantastic mm. team goal. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The way, oh. that, yeah, because that was another game. Um, yeah, just the way that Go it on. was worked from. It was worked from the left. It was a pass, I believe, it was from Dewsbury Hall. Passed like all the way over. Um, I think that that pass went all the way for. I think it was. I think it was Fatu at the end. Pass up to Ian. Uh, pass up to I believe Ndidi, who squares it to Vardy, who's just wide open in front of in front of the net. It was. The, the entire passing mm. play there. I that the was just not, but I was fantastic. I would still go with Winks, but that passing yeah. play there, that entire setup for that team goal was wonderful. Actually, yeah, it was a wonderful goal. Um, I, I that was going to be my that was going to be my vote actually. The the one against yeah. Stoke. I just just I also I do just love a Vardy <laughs> goal. You gotta the man yes. when he does it. He just it 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 just makes me warm and fuzzy inside um, as, as a human being. <laughs> yeah, with that Stoke goal, it was another game I wasn't able to watch live. Um, I, I've been like just had so much on in the month of October, which is why I've mostly had to like catch up games afterwards. Um, but I think I first saw that goal as kind of a YouTube short, and so it only showed like the last the last pass or the last two passes in the shot. And I thought, yeah, that's a decent goal. And then when I actually saw the extended highlights and it showed the full build-up, I was like, oh, that was a really nicely worked yeah. goal. Um, oh, yeah. It's one of those ones of, I think, as like a fan, you like the Harry Wink-style goal out of nowhere. Spectacular. 
I think if you're the manager, you like goals like the Stoke goal because you're doing something repeatable, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I was saying, um, when I was here last month, I was saying how we really, it seemed like despite the fact that we want to play patiently and do slow build-up, it seemed like our goals weren't actually coming from that. It seemed like a lot of our goals were coming from like quick counterattacks when they mm. needed to push forward, when the other side tried to push on us and then we were able to hit them, on the, hit them the other way. It happened a bit with uh, Mavadidi's fourth, the fourth goal against Southampton, uh, the second against Norwich, and then yeah. there's also a couple penalties in there. It seemed like a lot of the goals this month were really us actually using our our setup and our tactics to actually break down the opposition and have that translate to goals yeah. as opposed to just passing out the back and through the midfield. Yeah, because I was kind of thinking when I was looking at this, saying we haven't scored that many spectacular goals this month. No. We've just scored a lot of, like decent you work the ball into the box making it look easy goals which you know again as a fan you want to see the spectacular but as a manager you're way happy with, to, with making it look easy the winner or the winner against Swansea by Fatu, he was like falling down as he scored so that one was a bit cool too yeah 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 um but I think if we had to pick one it is between it, it's probably Harry Wink's winner That's isn't it I, yeah, I, I'll have to concede to that. I do like the Vardy one. It was a brilliant build-up. Like it you was said. a brilliant it's, one. Um, very brilliant. And you just hit him and, and Diddy cutting it back and Vardy just mm. uh, being surprisingly unmarked. Another sort of just honorary mention, though, is just James Justin's goal against Sunderland. It was oh, just such against header. a run against such a clean header. Sorry, just as far as set pieces goes, given that we've mm. historically not been doing well at set pieces in the last yeah. few seasons, just to see us do something so... I mean, it was very poor from Sunderland, just to kind of oh. put it on balance. But he got there, he got in the position, he was clean, post-stamp, he, right he got there. That, I seem to remember thinking, when I first saw it, I haven't watched the replay of it recently to check this, but I seem to remember thinking that the commentator had been a bit harsh on Sunderland for leaving him unmarked, because I'm pretty sure he did barge a Sunderland player out of the way <laughs> to get there. I am pretty sure there was a Sunderland player who was okay. just hopelessly outmuscled by him which makes it better, partially because Sunderland didn't just ignore him, they hadn't just forgotten about him, they were trying to do something about him, it just didn't matter that they were trying, he was better than that. Yeah, um, Justin's, yeah, um, even, though we missed Doyle, I... uh, even though Doyle's been injured for the last uh, month or so, we haven't missed him at all, because Justin's filled in seamlessly, in fact he's probably been a little bit less mistake-prone than um even if I don't think his positioning is as I don't think his positioning is as good, well, but I think he's a little bit less mistake prone than Doyle. So funny enough, we have yet to lose a game in which James Justin has played in. We haven't lost. I mean, we've lost, lost two. We've games, lost two we've games. Yet to lose a so game. Like... Which... <laughs> just a, but, but yeah, See, just one of those. So that's one of those like man of the uh, uh, is it a match of the day sort of silly facts, <laughs> isn't it? I, I was just thinking. Me. Wait, does that apply to like in general? <laughs> Because no, he's no, been no, injured so many of the losses we had last well, season. Well, he played a lot. True, yeah. He, but he, I, I find... he played a lot of those losses. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. No, he did. <laughs> I just had a moment of thinking that. No, it's fine. I, uh, I, I probably misrepresented that, but I, I saw yeah. something and I was like, have we not? Or, yeah, lost? So yeah I guess he, he wasn't part of the uh, whole city game. I think <laughs> James Justin is a bit like Dewsbury Hall where he's just he toughs it out he's he's quite critical he doesn't do anything particularly sexy but he again just puts a lot of effort in and that effort is missing it's a bit like all brighton all brighton is never done other than obviously the champions league goal that he scored 
he never tends to do anything particularly sexy, but he's always reliable. He's always a 7 out of 10 kind of player, 6, 7 out of 10 player, and he'll give you that every single match against top opposition or low opposition. The only thing I've ever gotten annoyed about all Brighton was is sticking his arm out on whilst being the only man defending a free kick, trying to stop a free kick, and he did it in the penalty box, conceding the penalty that made us lose to some bumblefuck team in Wales. I can't even remember who it was. I think it was Newport, but just... Uh... But bar that, Mark <laughs> tends to give you usually like pretty good performances, and I feel like Dewsbury Hall and James Justin are very similar. They would always give you really. And we haven't decent really used Albrighton much good. this year at all. No, but he's probably on the out, and we're now needing to fill that role. I mean, we've got we've actually got a bit of a glut of wingers for a change. You know, Macketeers looking really good. Fat, we're kind of jumping again. Marcel can't even get any players. Mavadivi. Marcel can't even get in the team anymore, even though he's been great every time he's come on. Oh, I, think Marcel, he's, yeah. I, I think he'd do very well for a loan to some I think, lower, lower half championship team to end of the year. I think he'll go out on loan in January. I think, obviously, we've got these other players. If I was a director of football and, you know, uh, and I was being told, oh, I've got these wingers I've got for you on loan or I've bought in, like Mavadivi and that, and then I started using the academy product, I would be like, so I spent that energy and time because... Also, I think Enzo said about um, Marcel about, you know, he's not quite ready to do regular senior football. He's doing a lot of stuff with the under 20, uh, the under 20s, 20, 23s or 21s now. But for the development squad. 21s now, yeah. Yeah, so the under 21s. So for the development squad. And the under development squad have been severely underperforming. I, you know, got like Ben Nelson and stuff who I, I thought he was going to break through more. But again, we have a glut of center back so i think there's gonna be a few loans come january for them for these players uh to they are missing their two best players um but who knows they could do very well george hurst is doing incredibly <laughs> well at Ipswich, isn't he <laughs> that's fun <laughs> i mean if you really want to see something fun there just wait till um this goes out and certain people including previous guests here um that that james justin was described as not sexy <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I... Um, oh, so uh, best assist of the season mm. of the month. Oh. oh my goodness, best assist of the month. Um, for me, there's one that stands out. Go on then. And um, it was from that Everton game again. It was that through ball. That was oh. that was a cracking through ball. It was very very good. Yeah. I would, I uh, that for me, that just because the only other one that I thought was particularly brilliant was again the Indidi cutback mm-hmm. to to Vardy against Stoke. Very just brilliant assist. Um, yeah, there was a great moment with the, the women's players sort of reviewing the month uh, on the official channel where uh, one of them, I can't remember who it was, said, You point to where you want her to run. And I thought, Why are you doing that? Now the defense knows. <laughs> But the pass is placed so perfectly, it just doesn't matter. And no one can handle that. Um, um, I almost, it was exactly yeah. where it needed to be, and somehow, only person who could get there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not. I'm, um, still, I'm still not great. Yeah. I'm not great it with was, names it, with the and, women's team yet. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's Petterman scoring, and is it Sam Tierney with a pass? It was Sam Tierney. Yeah. If you if you look up that goal, she is just past the halfway line, and she passes it straight. Right down the line peterman follows it hits it brilliant angle you know yeah right, right, in, right, between, right, right in between the defender and, you know, and the keeper it, and yeah the only person who could get there was uh was peterman 
yeah, yeah absolutely um and obviously petum is proven to be very good um she's she's obviously very good mm. obviously being a former you know champions league winner i think i don't know if she mm. won the championship but she's definitely played in it quite regularly um with a uh, leon who is obviously quite a formidable i think they're probably the top women's side if, if not one of yeah. the top women's side but they're very of one of a few women a few teams that could take on the likes of uh, chelsea uh, man city and uh, barcelona in terms of the women's yeah. game so um should we say best assist then was the whole team for yeah, Vardy's goal was, against Stoke? That one was up there. Um, I would this the one wasn't really an, mm-hmm. I'm and this one team. wasn't really an assist yeah. because officially it wasn't an assist. But um, Albrighton's cross mm-hmm. for the third goal to to Iannaccio, where it was the initial save, but then Dewsbury scored the rebound. The initial cross from Albrighton. Oh was yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. The initial cross was really, really good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah, it's a shame that it doesn't technically count as an assist. <laughs> to be fair, if we say the entire team for the Stoke goal... <laughs> that was just... I mean, um, yeah, but that, that goal was wonderful too. It was, yeah. I think, to be fair, I think the Stoke goal, as good as the cross was, the Stoke goal assist was better. Mm. Mm. So I, I, I think I'd go for yeah, those okay. two. That would be my... That's why I'm leaning towards it. I actually would say the Santini's, if you're going to go fully across the club Santini's it just outdoes that team goal yeah. I know obviously that was quite a good team effort but it was such a pass it was, it was very very good again a completely unexpected from someone who's been playing as a fullback for us for two or three seasons previously mm. <laughs> right so best defensive display I believe you wanted to nominate Sophie Howard for her performance against Manchester City yes uh, if you're going across the club definitely just such a yeah Man City would have definitely done a lot more damage had it not been for Sophie Howard in my opinion I think she yeah. was brilliant that game she was really good to watch yeah, um, she, was, she does incredibly well for Scotland as well yeah she was just constantly in that right place to frustrate Manchester City's attack and in the end they had to take a speculative shot from outside the box you know absolutely I mean that's yeah I mean the, the do that to a side I know Man City have got a bit of an injury crisis but even they, they're much like the men's team they very much have a depth that is eye-watering so I'm not overly sympathetic <laughs> um, uh, as a team at least um, obviously if don't feel for the players but I am obviously as a team yes, they've yeah, got yeah. more than ample reserves to, to draw upon mm-hmm. so I, uh, yeah it's the fact that we did that against uh, even a partial strength man city isn't quite impressive given they beat us something like five or six nil last season <laughs> yeah, did, didn't they get a nine nil win against us in the chelsea, chelsea i don't know it's quite that happened against us i think last year and six no it was it was bad yeah we got a few pummelings last season there was some serious wound licking in some games last season very frustrating particularly under lydia bedford um because we just didn't attack we just invited pressure and didn't do anything else um I don't know what I don't know what she was trying to do with that. I know you kind of like good defenses are critical to any team, but if that's all you do, it's yeah. quite irritating. I hate that as a keeper when it's like, why are we playing so defensively? As much as I kind of enjoy being part of this, is we're just it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when they're going to score if we keep inviting shots and stuff. Yeah, and then they yeah. did, one and, and laps even despite and, that, you know, concentration or one ricochet, and it's going to go in. Even despite so, that, there were still a couple of drubbings last year. Yeah, it's, well, it just wasn't working. Um, like I said, when we're going against quality sides as we are, then we're doing it. In terms of defensive performance plays for the men, I'd actually say the Sunderland game. Again, uh, they definitely could have done a lot more damage. And there were some critical saves. And, you know, it, it was tight. It was very t- defensively quite tight. I think, you know, it was a very good performance overall. 
but generally the men's team has just done very well defensively um, with like the odd goal in but yeah I think Sunderland maybe Stoke Stoke were just so dominant though in general that the defence didn't have to do much with Sunderland the defence actually got quite tested and we still didn't concede yeah we haven't so really had time times this season where we've been extremely tested against the back line it's, it's good to see it's just nice to see actually we don't have to worry about a ton of craziness coming at us well, yeah. I mean, if Sunderland got three shots on goal, just to put that into perspective, stat is just a combined amount of shots on goal that Stoke and um, Preston got on us. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other side that um, did got more shots on target was actually Swansea, to be fair. Swansea was quite mm-hmm. a tough game, and maybe that should be in contention. For me, I, I thought that was a little more shaky, even though that, nah, but they. Swansea again came out quite hard uh, and quite early, didn't they? They got that early goal, um, and that could have easily gone a bit awry. But luckily, we just were patient and eventually got the result. We kept on firing at Swansea. We really, yeah. Were I think it was, it's just it was just a matter of time before we finally broke through, and then we broke through again and again. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. The other, the other thing with the Swansea game is, you know, once we're leading, they kind of have to push against us, don't mm-hmm. they? Is one of those things of if you score earlier in matches, you ask the opposition to put more pressure on you because you know they have to to get back in the game. Um, but I think we're quite clearly comfortable doing that. Are, so yeah, when yeah. teams start sitting back, you're kind of very much playing into into us, and you know you get like Hermanson basically playing as like one of the back four or certain parts of the game. Yeah. So who has been? Do we think our most promising player this month? Oh, that's so difficult. So, yeah, because it's a player who's not necessarily there yet, but they are suggesting they could be there. And we, we've we've had some, you know, we we talked about some candidates before we started recording. We do plan some of this. <laughs> um, about, yeah. So on the, oh, we'll talk about the women's team first because you know I think we we were pretty much in agreement. Ava Baker. Ava Baker's been good. Um, O'Brien has been good for a while, so I wouldn't say necessarily promising. I wouldn't call her an upside, mm. even though she is still quite young. She's been she's very much a very critical player. Goodwin has also been very good. Oh yeah, yeah Ava Goodwin has been fantastic, hasn't she? She's played a lot more games. It's just Ava Baker's just broken through this season, so she was obviously in the academy last season. Uh, I think she played one or two cup games, maybe one of the last. So but she's she's on the break and she's doing obviously quite well for England under 19s, and that's no mean feat given that's quite dominated by the kind of big three teams you know Chelsea yeah. and Man City and Man United players tend to go into that system um but yeah so Ava Baker I think she's looking really promising uh has mm. some good games um and she's only 17 still you know yeah obviously she's had a very limited game time but in terms of upstarters I think we've got quite a lot of, the team we have now in the women's game is a lot more seasoned but yeah just to see um Ava Baker, but maybe like Goodwin as well. She she's definitely a contender, been very good. Um, probably a little more seasoned than than Ava Baker, but Ava Baker's been on the bench a lot um, as well. But she had a good game <clears throat> against Liverpool. So yeah. yeah, cool. And for the men, we're talking about. I mean, Fatal is looking good. Sorry, I take that back. She didn't actually play for the against the Liverpool, against Liverpool. I uh, <laughs> scratched that from the record. <laughs> I mean, so it's basically we're saying she's our most promising player based on her performances for the England mm. under-19s. Mm. Yeah, effectively, um, yeah. <laughs> which, um, fair, fair enough. Uh, uh, for Tolu, yeah, for the men. Um, he's, we, see, he, we think he's yeah, showing some promise. I, I still think that, in my own personal opinion, the I mean, the most two promising young players we've had at the club this year really neither of them played last month because of injury and that for me would be Doyle as well as McAteer but I think the Fatawu's done well well and uh, because he's gotten a lot more game time last month especially with the 
the fact that at least recently Eunice has been out, and then along with that, McAteer missed last month. So with both with both of those, he's been starting a lot, and he's been playing rather well. I think he has like an assist and a goal in the last month. Um, and overall, he's it's not always working for him, but he's doing a lot of the right things. So I think that he's been uh, impressive so far. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to think of who else. Like I said, um, before this, obviously Doyle has been quite promising. Like you said, Doyle has been very promising. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't say Mavadivi. I would call him promising. He's, he's not really. I know he's come from the French game. He's twenty five. Yeah, he's quite seasoned. But he's been very good. Um, yeah, I yeah. It's got to probably be Fatou this this last month. He's mm-hmm. he's definitely stepped up and really entered that right wing role. Um, and he's been quite comfortable there um, as our sort of left foot. Um, one person I thought was slightly a bit lackluster, and I was I say this because the uh, Eunice Ak- Akgen, um, he I thought he 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 had such a great stint with the Turkish team, and then it's and he's obviously had spurts where he's played well for us, but he doesn't seem very consistent um, yeah. for us. But yeah, so for me, uh, I guess yeah. it's got to be Fatou, and I'm also going to have to change the women's one. It's going to have to be Missy Goodwin, who I think I mistakenly yeah. thought was Ava Baker in two <laughs> games. So I've just gone Oops. through it. So <laughs> oh my days! It's been a long month, guys. <laughs> It's been a very long month. Oh, it, yeah, it has. Um, I, I've pulled so much overtime this month. <laughs> yeah, because Eunice, uh, Eunice, so, yeah, I think he has okay. he has some really great moments, but I still think that there's a lot more um, polishing that needs to come with his game. There's still a lot more that needs to be added. I still do mm. honestly believe yeah. that he's better as a central player than a winger. I think that that's where he fits better. Yeah, we, like I said, we've got a bit of a glut for attackers and wingers and stuff now, don't we? Mavadivi's definitely seems to be pinned on the left, and he's and even then he's got a competition with Maketeer, um, who is mm. he's been he's been he's been immense. He's um, yeah, he, he he is like a thirty million pound signing by himself, or maybe uh, not for twenty yeah, million pound signing. Maketeer's definitely gone under the radar a bit on this particular one because he's been out injured. I was yes, awesome. glad to see him successfully complete. Um, I'm not sure how many minutes it was actually against QPR. Again, watching the highlights hides these things from I you. struggle to understand. Um, um, he didn't play a lot. Maybe like how many 15 minutes. good young academy players we have coming through the ranks and how many talented players we have consistently. And just to see the fact that they don't really perform, like the team as a whole doesn't really perform at under 21 level. It's really surprising because like, McAteer is like he's right it's there. It's because we loan our good players I, out. Yeah, he was on loan for the second half of the season, but even the first half, the under twenty ones weren't good, and yet he's right there and he's so good. Under twenty ones football is so weird. different. It just, it's, yeah, um, yeah. I, it, it, thing is, it's the loans that you know make the players really good. It's what it's what made Kikin and Dewsbury Hall the player he he is. Yeah, a lot we of our not, players. Harvey Barnes did at least three or four stints at senior football at championship level before he did it. I think he did West Brom for a season Barnsley. or two. Yeah, he, you know, they, there's a lot of a. Uh... So that's why our um, that's why our under twenty ones don't do as well as you'd expect, given the quality mm. that seems to be coming out of our academy, because our good players are not playing for our academy team. Mm. Simple, simple as that. It's likely the rules on loans when they change soon might change. Them. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think. I, I'm going with Fatou, who's been our most promising player. Um, I know he's only on loan with us, but if we get promoted, we have an obligation to buy him, so we may as well have just bought him. 
Let's be honest. Uh, um, <laughs> I wonder with... Um, and I, I still think that because... And I think that this is something that we haven't really gone over. I still think that there's more to give from the striker position as a whole. I think that at this level, we're getting the production. But I don't know if that production would actually come if these performances were coming and the Premier League, which we expect to be next year. So I'm really excited for when Tom Cannon enters the enters the fold and enters the consideration. Because when that happens, I think that we could really see the next wave of what Leicester City strikers look like, starting with him. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, Tom Cannon coming in, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, he did very well last season. Um, I think it was Preston. I can't remember the team, was it Preston he played for? But yeah, I mean... Yeah, he, you know, if he can recreate that form, that's exciting. But obviously, he's he'll be possibly coming in during November period. But we've got him, Ian Nacho, um, Vardy, obviously, and then and then Daka, and it is like we've got four strikers in that position. It's um, and we've been playing Daka almost more on the right. We we kind of subbed on Ian Nacho and Daka, and Daka almost played out right, the knee, sorry, on left, mm. sorry. Um, that's a kind of a fast winger, but even then, he was just there to probably give support to to Ian Nacho. It, yeah, it's an interesting one. I still think Ian Archer could have always been an interesting shot to go on the right I way. I still think Daka's gone in January. Uh, that's my football manager moment. I still think Daka's gone in January. <laughs> Daka, I think, I'd be very surprised if he says I think him and Suter would be going, mm-hmm. if I'm being really honest. Suter's probably too good to not be regularly playing. I mean, he was playing regularly in the championship last season at Stoke. Obviously, now... Uh, I, so think, I think Ben Nelson that. can comfortably yeah, um, fill his spot on the bench while also costing way less. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'd be very interesting to see if Ben Nelson can break. Um, it's been mentioned by Enzo that he's quite good. Uh, obviously, Marcel looking very good. Um, is there only two players that come to my head from the academy? Braybrook and Alves are coming back from the Popov. I don't know if I've pronounced this, but um, there's a few. Yeah, Popov has been very good. Um, and then who's been who's just joined up at the first team Alves. recently? Um, his name, Alves. Yeah, Alves. He, he, he's, he's definitely got some fun highlight reels. If you can Alves replicate that uh, for the Leicester both team, right now coming back. Yeah, they're both right now Ray coming Brooke, back yeah, from yeah. their uh, ACL injuries. They, I think, that's going to be when maybe not this year, maybe a little bit towards the end of this year, especially if we're as high up and flying. Uh, at in in the table as we are right now, if that continues and we just keep pulling away, and we're like actually promoted by like merch, if that actually happens, I would not be surprised to see a ton of promising players get championship experience like right away in that moment. That that comes from like Alves and yeah. Braybrook and Nelson as well. You're gonna see a lot more people get opportunities if that happens and i would be very excited to see it because there's some really good uh players yeah if if we do get like automatic promotion i would see i imagine we'll get as particularly in the sort of march april may we may get a couple of the uh sort of development players that are coming mm-hmm. through uh yeah, yeah to... it'll be exciting to see won't it um, it's a rarity these days most teams have to play like their strongest team up till quite you know late into the season so do you think we'd yeah. do it once promotions guaranteed or once um the, the once title's, the title's confirmed i think yeah. i think the title mm. will be the target um which is fair i think it's very much within our capabilities i you know not to i feel there will be some integration before that anyways. not to disdain on on just because i think that well they'll get under 21's time but i think that Alvis and braybrook could just get like spot minutes here and there uh within the next month or two 
Well, we got an FA Cup run, so I imagine there'll be, especially if we play against a, 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 um, yeah, lower sides, we'll definitely get some rotation and probably some younger players playing uh, for those, uh, for sure. I, I'd be very surprised yes. otherwise. And I, also, uh, any, sorry, I was say, any last thoughts on this? Because I, I want to mm-hmm. move us on yeah, to the next this section. One... No, absolutely. I, I, I've, I think it's all, it's all looking good, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's all coming it's... up. Right? <laughs> yes. So, so it's yeah. all coming up, Lester. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, that every it's just it's it's just good right now, and we'll, we'll keep going, and we'll see how long it goes. Because the next month, there's there's a couple of uh, tough ones, and we'll get into that. Well, yeah, because that that was the, what the next session was going to be. So you know, wonderful segue there. Um, next month, so I'm going to look at our next five games. I think in the next sort of episode, so that's Leeds at home on Friday the third. Uh, which is going to be on Sky Sports if you're in the UK. Got Middlesbrough away a week after that. And then there is a two-week gap uh, before we play Watford at home. And then Sheffield Wednesday is midweek right at the end of the month. And then I'm going to include West Bromwich Albion on Saturday, the 2nd of December as well. Those last two games are also on Sky Sports if you're in the UK. Uh, so that's five games. And then, you know, we're including the West Bromwich game so that we have time to like record one of these before the next episode comes out we record like typically mm-hmm. sunday or a monday five games there's definitely definitely some trickier games in there it's fair to say leeds are doing very well i think leeds would definitely be an interesting cut um obviously southampton we uh did all right against uh, i think they've since sort of rallied a bit better since then but leeds started life very tough i think it'll be another we'll be at home so I think there'll be a bit of a weathering of the storm from them, and I think we'll very much absorb some damage. I think there'll be goals on both sides. We might just be able to edge it, because, but Leeds will be a very athletic side. Obviously, I think the legacy of previous managers and stuff, but um, yeah. they, they're, they're key, I forget his name, but there's one key player at Leeds who's obviously been one of, I think he's by far the biggest chance creator in, in the league of 11 you know big chances created or something like that like, or at least chance, um, big you know chances um, of some sort his name has completely escapes me at the minute um but anyways yeah but leeds they'll definitely be the toughest of that run yeah i'm not overly worried if we do lose it is it rooter i'm not gonna cry about it um i think leeds uh, yeah, that's it yeah that's him yeah he's, he's supposed to be doing very well for leeds but but Leeds also are very wasteful, so I think as long as we stay strong and focused and organised at the back, I'd like to see Vestergaard phase as a back pairing. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it to our strongest eleven. I think that would definitely be the one game to really go go for it. Uh, beyond that, though, Middlesbrough could also be tough. Um, Middlesbrough is always tough to go to. Um, Watford and Sheffield Wednesday are struggling. I think it's fair to say Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday certainly, out, yeah. That they're. Yeah. Rock bottom of the league. They're already what nine points from safety, eight points from safety. Oh, it's uh, nothing for them. Um, yeah. I can do math. And um, yeah, Watford are having a rough time too. West Brom, they're fifth in the league at the moment. They're they're not doing too badly. But we've always historically yeah. done quite well against West Brom, uh, yeah. at least at the Premier League level. So um, Vardy does seem to enjoy a goal against them. I'd be curious about Sheffield Wednesday because obviously that's Vardy's home club, isn't it? You know, that's where he started life. I don't yeah. know if you'll go back and. Would he be wanting to prove a point, or will he? Would he uncharacteristically hesitate against his sort of boyhood that club? If if Vardy scores, is, I is think he, it might be like because he's known for riling up opposition fans. I honestly think that's the one team he would he wouldn't do that for. Mm. Like 
even despite, I mean, they even, did even release despite, him even despite when he was that, 16. he's never. I don't know if he's ever even really said anything bad about Wednesday in the past. I, I honestly, I don't. I think he's really been mm, positive I in all of his I, comments about Wednesday, despite the fact they released him. I, I mean, he he still like he very much riled up the U Sheffield United fans uh, in our two win, <laughs> one win uh, uh, against him a while yeah, back. I mean, uh, he, so he is definitely a Sheffield mm -hmm. Wednesday fan. Yeah, um, I'd. I think yeah, he's very much a fan. I think I don't know. I like I said, he might have a more muted celebration if he's the one who's playing. He might he might uh, do that. But Yows did reject him, uh, mm -hmm. and he went. And then he obviously got you know. And he I think he's always been forever grateful. So I think even if he is a fan, I think he always. I don't know. Oh, we'll see. He, he might turn into. It might be a bit of a Gary Lineker moment for him, where he kind of like plays for these other big teams and then comes back and actually is his boyhood club. He he heavily backs when he finally kind of leaves the game, so to speak. Yeah, um, so out of those five games, I, I think we should definitely be beating Watford and Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And most likely be beating Middlesbrough. That's nine points. I'm West gonna... Brom, I think, will... I actually thinking Middlesbrough will be the draw, West Brom will be a win. Leeds, I think we might just edge it. You think we'll edge it against Leeds? I think well, Leeds will give us space that uncharacteristically other teams wouldn't, and that will... They're going to want to make a point, yeah, aren't that's they? that's true. So you're saying 11 points then with draws against Middlesbrough and maybe... Hang on. Or are you saying 13 points where we draw against Middlesbrough? I, yeah, I, I'm going to be overly optimistic this time, which is probably right. a bad sign. <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, that's fair enough. I mean, it's always better to like say, oh, I think we'll drop some points here and there and then go, wow, we didn't, than the other way around. Well, that's what I've constantly been saying. I feel like I need to up it. Like, I think the first <laughs> prediction, I thought we were going to get nine out of 15 or something. I wasn't yeah. really... I was expecting like two or three losses. Um, uh, Tyler, I'm, I'm making myself go last on this and, and it means I can mm. try and look cleverer. Uh, what, what See, this is your tough betting? because... With the this one's tough. Well, this I one's guess. hard because, with the exception of Wednesday, we're actually catching a lot of these teams in pretty good runs. Leeds have won a lot of their most recent games. Even Watford are on a four-game unbeaten yeah. run right now. Uh, Boro's been great as of late, and West Brom has been great as of late. So, I feel like with this, I'm gonna say eleven. When I say eleven, I think you've got yep. three wins, three eleven wins, two draws. I think that the draws probably come from Boro. I think will be a draw, and probably mm. uh, the thing that's weird though is the fact that we haven't dropped a point away from home yet. So I feel like maybe Leeds. Mm -hmm. It just it, mm -hmm. it feels overdue. Like, it could be either like yeah. So which which way do you yeah. go? Either I'm we... gonna go. I'm a, I think I'm actually gonna go ten. I think we could probably. I think we could drop that game against Leeds. I think we could lose that one and then draw Boro, and then the other three are wins. Okay. Okay. So you think we're going to go lose, draw, win, we, win, win? We haven't really. Yeah, I was well going to go with two draws. I was thinking, but I was thinking Leeds and West Brom might be our draws. I don't know why I feel we might draw against West Brom. I just feel we might draw against West Brom. My it's concern, vibes. It's also the early kickoff. Never back the early kickoff. My concern. Yeah. But my predictions have been reasonably okay so far. My concern against Leeds. Yeah, my, my concern against concern? Leeds is that. I really think Vestergaard's a bad fit for that match because they have some really pacey uh, attackers in their front four. I think that I honestly, I think that's the one game I actually wouldn't start him for. I think you can, I think you can handle everything else. That's the one game I wouldn't start him for. I know they're not Jesse Marsh anymore, but they still have a lot of pace in their front in their front four. I also feel with Leeds, they're probably a bit more clinical than a lot of the opposition we've seen so far. 
like we we've commented on it already we've been giving up some chances and being got out of them by good saves or just the other team not being clinical enough because you know championships not as clinical as the premier league but i do think leeds will be more clinical than you reckon i sorry i just i've i have a friend who's a leeds fan and Apparently, he reckons they they'd be more in the mix for the top two at the minute if, if Bamford could finish his goals. And I uh, mean, yeah, that's, apparently they create lots Bamford's, of chances, but there's no one can put them Bamford's away, which is very much the headache they had in the because I think everyone else is doing very well in those regards. But it's, I mean, Leeds are. I was gonna say Leeds are equal third top scorers, just behind us in Ipswich on 24 goals. I say just behind. We're on 29 with Ipswich. Um, but then I scrolled down the table and saw that Norwich City in 17th have scored 25 goals. Yes. They are so weird. <laughs> they, they, they are a little more leaky at the back. So weird. They are yeah, very leaky, yeah. Um, they, 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 the whole Norwich are bizarre. Thing is a, it's, been a, it's been an interesting... Well, that yeah. rivalry is quite serious. I mean, it doesn't get quite the publicity of other derbies, but that's that quite a serious derby in that neck of the woods, having known people mm. from that area but, of the world. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> Norwich, I know you're American, so Norwich is the Alabama. Of, oh, that's um, that, That's the way you treat it. Oh, that's the way you treat it. Okay. That actually... There's a lot of very unkind jokes I've heard about people from Alabama, and in the UK I hear them told about people from Norwich. Like the backwoods kind of yeah, thing? Is that, is that yeah, that's what we're going for? It's oh. just very rural. It's very rural. Um, it, there's... It's, you could probably say that about a few parts of England, but yeah, Norwich, it's for whatever reason... I'll, I'll tell you the joke afterwards, because I'm not putting it in the edit. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, so Norwich and Ipswich, obviously, same. But they're very close to one another, but they, there's a lot of history. But also, Ipswich were formed around the same time Forest were very high run, high runners, won European competitions, you know... Um, Anyways, yeah, so, you know, Ipswich used to be a very high-flying club, and then since then have fallen from grace, and Norwich have been the more successful of the two lately, but then for Ipswich now to fly past them is, um, yeah. yeah, it's been interesting. But to, to sum up that segment, uh, Madlock's predicting 13 points, yes, and Tyler and I are both predicting mm-hmm. 11. I'll go 11. Um, and that, that mm-hmm. yeah. Although we're predicting different details yeah. on how that eleven I, comes even about, I did say and, that we um, could. I think we could lose against Leeds. My official prediction will be a draw on that. So eleven. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, just to round out the whole thing. Oh, excuse me. And just to round out the whole thing, the women's team uh, have got five matches in November as well. Uh, Sunday the fifth, they're against Liverpool away. So the week later, they're against Arsenal at home, live on the BBC, the evening kickoff. Uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if you can watch that outside the UK, but um, all the matches that aren't... I think they're on FA Player outside the UK. What is this schedule? Okay, yeah. This is insane. Um, then, yeah, week after that, it is a bit weird. <laughs> We're playing Tottenham at home. Uh, then we have a midweek game uh, against Manchester City. And then we play. A cup, yeah, yeah. The midweek game is is in the w, in the Continental Tires Cup, uh, and then we play Chelsea away. And this is a really tough run of fixtures, I think, for the women. So, so I'm uh, gonna give us. I'm sorry. You told me that over the la- over eight a, str- a stretch of eight matches, you've got Liverpool, you're... Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Man City, Chelsea. What? I mean, there's just a lot of good teams in the WSL. Is the thing. Yeah, it's a rough run of form. And to be fair, we've we've 
we've done really well <laughs> out of it. Uh, so the, the man, one of the Man City game is in mm. the Continental Tires Cup. It's not a league game, but we're still playing Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, I think we can target wins against Liverpool and Tottenham. I haven't gone last last time. I'm going to go first this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Arsenal and Chelsea are going to be too good for us again. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say we'll probably lose both of those. And I tend to like put the, the cup games a bit separately. But I think that will... You know what? I'm going to be spicy on that and say I think we'll get a draw <laughs> this time against Man City. Yeah, so my, Man City will probably heavily rotate. That's a good shout, actually. Yeah. So my my prediction for this is going to be six six points in the league and a draw against Man City, with the the wins coming against Liverpool and Tottenham. Okay, um, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I think you're not far off. I, the only difference I'd make is I think Spurs will be a draw. Okay, it's at just, home. It's just because there's a there's a is a quick succession of runner form, so I know it's at home. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, but my that's my only thought process. So obviously, we kind of we're gonna have yeah, hopefully put more energy. But obviously, we'll be playing the the two Sundays in a row. And then we've got the Wednesday game afterwards. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it might be fine. I just so yeah, Tyler, I think almost be similar to our seasons of past where I think we might be better on the road where we get to sit back and counter than forcing ourselves onto the game. I think the away match is more likely to win. So I think Liverpool will win, and mm-hmm. we might nick a draw against. Man City, maybe even Chelsea. So I'm going to go, yeah. Oh, interesting. Win against Liverpool, draw against Man City, draw against Chelsea, and lost to Arsenal, I suppose. Mm. All right. So you're saying, so that that's how many league points? That's three points in the league, or four? No, that's four points four in the league. Yeah, the yeah. League, yeah. I've got okay. four points here. Yeah. All right. So um, Tyler, between you and me, I think he's mostly saying that he doesn't want to say Tottenham are going to lose because he wants to. You know, he wants his wife to keep talking to him. Uh, she, she's not. She's not bothered at all at the minute. She thinks Spurs are going to win the league in the men's game. She's. Uh, oh yeah. She's. She's very much. Uh, yeah. She. She. There's only. They're always about two sentences away about talking about the uh, <laughs> uh, the greatness of Postecoglou and his dad energy and me there being an actual dad just shrugging. <laughs> but, um, you know he's. <laughs> it's so there's a lot of that there's i just serve it just that and then i have to deal with um the guy from the bear on disney plus and then i also have to deal with um apparently now it's because james madison and how good of a player he is and me just like oh she's noticed that now has she <laughs> i think pre- <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of that uh, oh man, you know half crazy. the things I say on this are it's just so, trying to get you in so trouble. Crazy. Uh, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, no, but like everyone finally woke up to how good James Madison. It's like, yeah, we've been trying to tell you this for the last three years, and you haven't been listening, Gareth. Uh, so I think, I think, in fairness, on Match of the Day, they did regularly talk about how good James Madison. Um, I think that I, I'm not entirely sure how true that now is. Um, I, I think people were talking about how good he was. To be fair, when he was with us. Often in the context of he's our only good player, but um, even so. Mm. But Tyler, th- those five games, how do you how how's your feeling on okay, how we'll so, do? So um, I'm gonna say five points. I'm gonna say five, five. I think five lost points. against Chelsea. Uh-huh. Um, I think we'll lose the the cup game as well. Yep. And then with everything else, I'm gonna okay. go win against Spurs and then two draws against Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, Tottenham have not played against a good opponent yet, and the one they did play, they lost to Chelsea. And they haven't. The other three matches were Bristol, Villa, and Brighton. So they haven't played against 
a good opponent yet. And those, yeah, those three were wins, so they're high up in the table. I think that we can beat them. And then Liverpool, I think we could just be maybe just be off our game then. I mean, and then Arsenal, I think that we could maybe scrape a draw there. Okay. Mm. Okay. Arsenal's uh, been a bit off form, to be fair. That might be Arsenal a good been great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, time will tell how how that turns out. Um, but I am gonna say, I think that's all we've got time for on. But I do have month. one last fun fact to just yeah. finish us off on something yeah. I learnt. Okay, go on. One last that... fun fact, then we hit the outro. Mary Earps started life at Leicester City, and I was not aware of that until late recently. Oh yeah, really? someone posted that that picture of her looking about. 13 or 14 wearing she's, uh, she's actually City. 17 what? doing that she's yeah. she looks about 13 or 14 <laughs> um, she's 17 and she she started life at Leicester before going on to Nottingham Forest and then starting to get game time with them but yeah she started life at Leicester City she's from Nottingham but she started life here at, uh, at end. so she it's so when happy. England played uh, at the King Power Stadium she got a big uh, big song from, from the le- local Leicester crowd that r- r- happened to remember that but I was blissfully unaware that's that, uh, wonderful and, and she's makes... just been rated fifth for um, the Balloon Dior it's the highest rated goalkeeper for women because they don't seem to have the Yashin reward for women for makes, reason. Her, makes her the third uh, legendary goalkeeper to come out of our academy I think oh yes because mm. I think Peter Shilton, Shilton was one of our academy yeah. players Shilton and Wasn't... Banks yeah, they were they were both from our academy, weren't they? They were, I think yeah. so. I'm going to quickly Google that. <laughs> I know, like, I I know Peter Shilton. Shilton was. definitely was. Yeah, Shilton was definitely. It's Gordon was. Banks that I kind of haven't said that. Was Gordon Banks from our academy? He started oh. life at Chesterfield, actually. Oh no! Okay, okay so she's the second legendary goalkeeper to come from our uh, academy after yeah. Peter Shilton. I thought that I was. I keep on saying Stoke, but that's where he ended up going after he. Yeah, he it, left Leicester. It, it, it's because when uh, yes, it's because when we sold Gordon Banks, everyone was going, "What? How can you sell the legendary Gordon Banks? Who's going to come in and replace him?" That's guy Peter Shilton. Okay, <laughs> but where's that? brilliant fact that Mary Earps uh, was a Leicester City Academy player uh, thank you for joining me Tyler um, thanks for having me uh, let's just uh, hope another five another five games another five wins let's just hope for that why not why not let's just well, why not 120 points let's yeah go uh, another uh, <laughs> 10 games we're playing 10 games next month uh, drugs are kicked in there Tyler um, but yeah no I uh, <laughs> no and Madlock thank you thank you very much for joining us as well no, no. It's, um, I, it's always it's glad to be back after sort of one miss on there. But yeah, so yeah, it's fun being a, a, a Leicester fan at the minute, and long may it continue. Absolutely. Long may it continue. And uh, yeah, I'll chat to you again uh, next month. Um, well, obviously we chat more than that, but we'll chat to you again on the podcast next month. Join us then. Join us again next month. Thank you. by attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled B-Y 
forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. And if I was John Rudkin, these wingers from you. Oh, you're using the guy from the academy. So I've spent all this money and energy for what now? Sorry, hang on. Sorry, Madlock. Can we just go back to if I was John Rudkin? Because you you dropped out there. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, my headset randomly just tells me that it's connected. I, I think it's on the fritz. But anyways, um, oh yeah. So if I, it just happened. Mean, you know, and well, it's done it again I, think, in exactly I, I have a feeling that your headset is just a uh, uh, John Rudkin propaganda. John Rudkin. I can't hear anything anymore. Are you still there, Madlock? Yeah, sorry. It's really going on the Fritz, the headset. I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah, anyways, if I was a director of football and, you know,